Welcome to In Clear Terms with AARP California. Conversations on issues impacting Californians of all ages. Here's your host, Theon Gordon. Welcome to In Clear Terms with AARP California. Join us as we dive into issues and policies that impact Californians of all ages, particularly older adults, and learn how you can connect with AARP to make our state more livable for all. I am an AARP volunteer and your host, Dr. Theon Gordon. Today, we are joined by the director of the California Department of Aging, Susan DeMorris, to discuss the California Master Plan for Aging, which aims to prepare America's most populous state for a massive demographic change over the coming decade. Welcome, Susan. It's great to be here, Dr. Gordon. And I didn't realize you are an AARP volunteer. So thank you for volunteering too and supporting Californians throughout our state. Really happy to be here with you today. Yes, love volunteering with AARP. We're going to dive into our In Clear Terms podcast, asking you to tell us what the California Master Plan for Aging is. This is a really exciting time to be aging in California. We have a master plan for aging. It was launched two years ago by our governor, Gavin Newsom, who was just reelected. And we're very excited that we have four more years to work with our executive leadership and our legislature to advance the five bold goals in the master plan for aging. When we launched the master plan, the 10-year blueprint for our state Everyone, whether it's the governor, the legislature, or stakeholders, agree on one thing. This is not a report that's going to sit on the shelf. This is an active, dynamic roadmap for our state that's going to lead us to the year 2030, when one in four Californians will be 60 or older. Wow. So a 10-year plan that is designed to help lead us through aging. Why is it critical that we have such a plan in place? I'm so proud of our state and being a volunteer with AARP, you'll appreciate that this master plan started with a grassroots movement called We Stand With Seniors. So older adults, people with disabilities, caregivers around our state several years ago said, what are we doing to prepare for this demographic shift? What are we putting in place? And they called on candidates for governor to commit to a master plan for aging. We know now that Governor Newsom won that election and became our governor, and he honored that commitment. And it's so important in a state of our size and complexity and diversity that we started planning well before the demographic shift occurs. It's already underway. So we have a plan in place to get us to year 2030, and we're putting the work in now so that we're in a much better place when one in four Californians is 60 or older. So it started with this We Stand for Seniors grassroots movement and became a part of Governor Newsom's agenda? Yes. In his first State of the State address, when he took office, he made a commitment to a master plan for aging, and then he issued an executive order that put it in place that called for a stakeholder advisory committee, that called for a research committee, that put some firm deadlines in place, and that's part of our success, too. There were key deliverables that had to happen, the first being long-term services and reports. And 
stakeholders worked on that and talked about how we need more home care, more community-based care, more options for housing, respite care, assisted living, adult day health care. So we delivered that report even during the pandemic. There was a time when we were developing the master plan that people became preoccupied for obvious reasons by COVID-19. And there was some talk about putting it on the back burner. And people said, no, in fact, we need to accelerate our work and move more quickly because we know older adults are most impacted by the pandemic. So we delivered on all of the deadlines and produced that master plan for aging, what's now been almost two years ago. Wow, that is fantastic. And I'm sure it was fueled by, I'm at the end of the baby boomer generation. And so I know there are a lot of aging adults out here with the baby boomer population. As we talk about the master plan and what was put forth, let's dive into what's actually in this master plan. It sounds very exciting to get into a master plan, but I understand five bold goals that were set forth in this master plan for aging. I'd love to go through each goal and talk a little bit about what is in it. So let's start with goal number one, housing for all stages and ages. Can you speak more to why that is goal number one and what is included under this goal? Absolutely. So you're right. We have five bold goals and we expect those to stay through the course, the 10-year course of the plan. Those five bold goals will remain unchanged. I'm so proud in our state that we chose housing for all stages and ages as the number one goal. That's not typical in a plan for aging. Typically, the focus is on health care, which we do include, but I think it's so key to older adults and families that they want to age in place and remain at home as long as possible. So our first goal is really looking at how can we support older adults and their families living in community in the setting of their choice. So this would be everything from rental housing, accessory dwelling units, permanent housing, affordable housing, low-income housing, and importantly, housing with services and supports. We've invested over a billion dollars in housing for veterans, home modifications, fall preventions, expanding community care options to make sure there's a wide array of housing options available in communities throughout California. Housing is such an important issue, and I love that this particular goal has housing for all stages and ages, because when we speak of it, it also includes the rest of our community. It's not just the aging population, but it's our children and their children and understanding how do we all have a safe place to live. So I really appreciate that that's the number one goal in the master plan, housing for all stages and ages. Now, goal number two is health reimagined. You mentioned many people would think health would be first, but let's talk about goal number two, health reimagined. What does this goal encompass? So bridging to the first goal, we talk about housing is health and so important to determining people's health. So with Health Reimagined goal number two, we really are trying to redesign healthcare from a primarily hospital or nursing home driven model to one that's much more preventive, focused on primary care, early intervention, 
and really helping older adults and people of all ages to live well and to access the services that they need, whether they're medical services, social services, community supports, that individuals can access those much earlier, long before there's a healthcare crisis, so that they can live well and age well. Now, I can imagine health reimagined when we think of reimagining. I can imagine it may include food resources as well and things like that. Can you speak a little bit more into that? What are some of the ways we reimagine our health? You're exactly right. We take a very broad view of healthcare and absolutely home delivered meals, senior nutrition, that's part of it, community programs like adult day healthcare. In California, we're doing some very exciting things with our Medi-Cal program. We have a transformative initiative. It's called CalAIM that's really looking at community supports. We're one of the only states that has received federal approval to help with some of the social determinants of health, such as nutrition, such as home modifications, such as housing assistance, and seeing that as part of the healthcare delivery system. We've also done something very exciting in our state where we are really focused on early detection and diagnosis of Alzheimer's and dementia so that we can intervene early and help support individuals and families. So we've launched something, it's called Dementia Care Aware, where we're equipping primary care doctors with the tools they need to screen in the doctor's office They receive extra reimbursement for taking the time with their patients who may have cognitive impairments and helping to put them on a path where they can get the services and supports they need. Oh, that is amazing. And I think I shared with you earlier before we started that I have friends who are dealing with these type of issues in terms of Alzheimer's and dementia. So having those supports are so important. And I think about myself, I started gardening just a small garden. I'm, I'm waiting this week to turn over my sweet potatoes, which I didn't realize they grew underground, but I'm going to be pulling out sweet potatoes for the holidays. And just changing the way I eat has really helped my health so much. And I love goal number two being health reimagined and for us to learn more about ways that we can reimagine our health. Goal number three is inclusion and equity, not isolation. This is a very relevant and timely goal. As we saw isolation and loneliness increase during the pandemic, we actually had a podcast on that. Under goal three is the strategy of California leadership in aging. This includes the state joining AARP's age-friendly initiative. In 2021, California became the eighth state in the nation to join the AARP network of age-friendly states and communities. This commitment is to make California more livable for people of all ages and abilities. Can you speak more on goal number three? Absolutely. And again, you might pick up that I have a lot of pride in our state and our master plan for aging. And I can tell you that we have, with just five goals, that one of them, goal three, is focused on inclusion and equity and not isolation Our Secretary of Health and Human Services, Dr. Mark Galley, often refers to the COVID pandemic as the great accelerator, and it really brought to the forefront some issues that were already happening with individuals, households, and communities, but 
social isolation is one of them. And whether individuals lived at home with support, whether they lived in community settings, such as nursing homes or assisted living, we saw the really detrimental impacts of social isolation on physical decline and cognitive decline throughout the pandemic as families really struggled in isolation and fear about the COVID-19 pandemic. So what we have done to combat that is to lift up communities that historically have been underserved and underrepresented, isolated, stigmatized, people of color, the LGBT community, to try to overcome stigma and discrimination and bias. We have worked very hard and invested considerably in the digital divide to bring technology. Many people may have technological devices, but they don't have access to internet where they can't afford it or it's not available in their community. So we've expanded statewide broadband access. And we've also focused on building up our communities. We're so proud that California is an AARP age-friendly state. That was one of the first actions we took after the Master Plan for Aging was enacted. And we're now building local age and disability-friendly communities to really help engage individuals and families. Those are so important. And goal number three in terms of inclusion and equity, not isolation, the community supports are amazing. I was visiting a community center just recently in the Inglewood, California area that was just built up. And oh, what a beautiful community center it was. There are all sorts of classes there. I said, this is like going to the neighborhood country club. It was great. I know there are lots of parks being built in terms of the California planning, as well as community centers and places where aging adults can get together and have community. And so this is such an important goal, inclusion and equity, not isolation. I'm also excited that you included technology in that in terms of assuring that the aging population has that access. Can you speak a little bit more to that? How does that play in it? Sure. So just our department alone, the California Department of Aging, and we're just one of many partners in this effort. We received $50 million to partner with all 58 counties in our state to deliver digital devices from an area and agency on aging, a community-based organization, to equip people with technology in their homes, to help train people to use the technology, to provide that technical assistance that they need, and to help access internet resources. We've also partnered with libraries and other venues so that people can access technology if they don't have it in their home. We've seen throughout the pandemic the advent of telehealth and so many people that are able to now talk to their physicians, social workers over telehealth visits, and we really want to make sure that people have access to that throughout our state whether in urban areas or rural areas, there have been barriers to internet access and broadband access that we're overcoming as a state. This is amazing. And we've also done a podcast on technology. I love that there is a place to go so that we can be inclusive and have equity to bring this technology into our aging population and to teach how to use it. Yay, that's a really important part. Now let's jump into goal number four. Goal number four is caregiving that works. And it's a very important issue to AARP. 
What is goal four's objective? Today, this is probably the heart of the master plan as we sit in November of 2022. Goal four includes unpaid family caregivers who provide about 65% of all long-term services and supports in our nation. So just to underscore that, the vast majority of care and support in our country and in California is provided by family members who are unpaid. These are spouses, partners, siblings, adult children, friends, and family. The other piece of caregiving that works is the direct care workforce. So we also know whether it's home care, whether it's an adult daycare center, whether it's assisted living or skilled nursing, we rely heavily on direct care workers to provide care and support to older adults and people with disabilities. And we know overwhelmingly these are women, these are women of color, and these are very low paid jobs. And we've seen an exodus from the direct care workforce, just as we need these workers so much more because the population is growing and the demands are increasing. So we're focusing on both sides of it, the unpaid and paid workforce. And we've invested more than $2 billion in our paid workforce. And we've shored up our caregiver resource centers in our state, our area agencies on aging, and our in-home supportive services to really build up, elevate, and uplift the unpaid family caregivers. Such an important piece as there are so many people who are supporting the aging and often don't know where to go to receive help. So it's great that this is a part of the master plan. Let's jump into the last goal, which is affording aging. And that kind of goes back to all the other goals. Affording aging. Can you define this last goal a bit more? Definitely. So this is no surprise to AARP members and people listening in that it's very expensive to grow old in America and especially in California with housing costs, healthcare costs, prescription drug costs, transportation costs. It's a great concern to us that in the last year, the only group that grew into poverty was older adults. So many older adults live on fixed incomes and those incomes have not risen with inflation. We're doing our part in California. We've increased the supplemental security payment portion of SSI. We've made investments in housing and housing assistance. This is one of the reasons why we're happy. We've invested in CalFresh. We've expanded Medi-Cal coverage to undocumented individuals. We're doing our part to ease the financial cost of aging in our state. But this is one of the reasons we're glad it's a 10-year blueprint because solving for the affordability crisis is going to take tremendous leadership in the housing area, in the labor and workforce area, in the healthcare area. And it's going to take partnership with our federal partners, our local county partners, and definitely there's a key leadership role for the state. Well, this is amazing. And I'm glad that the investments are being made. So now that we understand what the five goals are and how they work, Let's talk about what are we doing to advance them? How do we find out in clear terms, how are these goals working or how are they being launched? Right now, we're wrapping up year two of the Master Plan for Aging, and we have a lot of accountability measures built into the Master Plan. 
The first is every year we are required to submit a report to the legislature. We're working on that now. So we account for all of our activity, all of our outcomes, all of our results, all of our investments. We're putting that together now. We also developed in the first two years, 132 initiatives. These were very timely and topical for that period of time. We're now developing a new round of initiatives that will take us to 2023, 2024. And we're really excited that those new initiatives were informed by our stakeholders, by the grassroots advocates, by the public. We held a day of action this past September where we brought everyone together again. As I mentioned, we don't want this to be a report that sits on the shelf. So we thought we don't want to just rely on the input that we got back in 2019 and think it's still good. We want to bring everyone back together again and hear what's happening right now, help us focus on what to do in the next two years. And we were not surprised that housing was a number one priority. Mental health and behavioral health were key priorities. And again, affordability, especially for the missing middle. There is a large population in our state who are not eligible for Medicaid, Medi-Cal in our state, because they earn too much, but they don't earn enough to really pay for all of their services and supports out of pocket. So what can we be doing in the next two years to address the missing middle? And have we come up with any solutions on that, Director DeMorris? We have some ideas. One of them is we're looking closely at Washington State. They developed a universal long-term services and supports benefit in their state. It was funded with a payroll tax. Right now, a payroll tax is not advisable given what's happening in the economy and with inflation, but it's something we haven't ruled out and we're doing our due diligence. We've done an actuarial study. We've worked with our State Department of Insurance. We're looking at long-term care policies. We're turning over every rock to see what could be done to help alleviate the costs of in-home care and long-term care. I know that'll be a great help to so many people that are aging in California. So what is next for the master plan for aging? January of every year is important to us. So at the end of January, we will release our two-year report to the legislature. So this will be a summary of everything that happened in 2022. It will memorialize all of our work. We also will unveil our new initiatives for the next two years. We expect to have about 60 or so initiatives. They'll touch on all of those five bold goal areas we talked about, housing, health, equity and inclusion, caregiving, affordability. We'll launch those to the public and to our legislature that will be reconvening for the next two years. And what is wonderful about this report is it's a public-private effort. So it certainly involves our governor and our executive leadership. It also involves our legislature. It involves the private sector. It involves philanthropy. And key to this is the public and stakeholders and the grassroots advocates who are really driving the work. So all of that will happen at the end of January and we'll sort of hit a reset button. We'll celebrate our successes to date and then we'll set our sights on the next two years and just keep at it. I love the inclusion of everyone. So tell us a little more about how 
Californians can learn more and get involved in advancing the Master Plan for Aging's mission? I'm so glad you asked that because one of my fears is that people will look at this and think, oh, it's already been released. It's already been launched. Nothing left to do here. And that's absolutely not the case. In fact, it's a living, breathing, dynamic, organic document. So if you want to learn more about it, you can go to mpa.aging.ca.gov. That's our master plan for aging site. But what I really recommend is on that site, you can send an email to engage, E-N-G-A-G-E, engage at aging.ca.gov. And then all of our announcements will come to you. Anything that we do, webinars that we host, all of those resources will be made available to you automatically if you sign up at engage at aging.ca.gov. So the best way to get involved is to email engage, E-N-G-A-G-E at aging.ca.gov. Get involved. We want to be a part of this master plan so that it includes things that we are interested in individually. So tell me now, are there ways everyday people like me can help drive the goals that are outlined in the MPA and help to prepare our communities for our rapidly aging population? There absolutely are ways to be involved. And what I would suggest is get involved first locally. Find out who's working on these issues in your city, your town, your community, your county. I guarantee there is a group, whether it's your area agency on aging, your county government, AARP. There are efforts underway with our local master plan and our AARP-friendly communities that are happening. So get plugged in. You don't have to do it on your own. You don't have to start a movement. And then I'd say, look at those five bold goals. And it can be overwhelming. I can tell you working on all these fronts, pick a topic. Maybe housing matters a lot to you. Maybe you are precariously housed and you're having a hard time paying rent month to month and you really want to speak up about housing. Maybe you're a caregiver for an older parent and you just want to hone in on caregiving. We really need to hear from people that are living the experience now. And you don't have to be an expert on any of it or all of it. Just pick the topic that resonates most deeply with you and then share your voice, tell your story, get loud. Thank you so much for sharing that. And it's important for our listeners to know we have five major goals in this master plan. Housing for all stages and ages health reimagined, inclusion and equity, not isolation, caregiving that works, and affording aging. So dive in where you fit in and get involved. Reach out at engage at aging.ca.gov to start receiving more information and be an active participant in your aging health and aging gracefully. Director DeMorris, Thank you so much for joining us for episode 14 of In Clear Terms with AARP California. Do you have any last comments or items that you'd like to touch on before we wrap up? I just want to thank you, Dr. Gordon, for volunteering. You know, that's part of it is engaging older adults and celebrating all the contributions that older adults are making in our state as volunteers, as employees, as advocates, as caregivers. 
And I especially want to thank AARP. They helped build the master plan for aging and now they're helping us to implement it. So I'm very grateful for AARP's leadership in our state. Thank you. Again, we have had the pleasure of speaking with California Department of Aging Director Susan DeMorris on the state's master plan for aging. Listeners can learn more about the AARP Age-Friendly Initiative at aarp.org forward slash livable. Remember, that's aarp.org forward slash livable. And remember mpa.aging.ca.gov is where you can see the master plan. In future episodes, we look forward to hosting experts and elected officials who can shed light on critical issues in our state, how AARP California is working to ensure the voice of those ages 50 plus is heard, and how you, our listeners, can learn more and act on these important decisions. Thank you for listening to In Clear Terms with AARP California.